For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Vikings with BMAC and Baker. I am your host from Vikings Territory, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Brian McKinney, who is a Super Bowl champion. Sally from Minneapolis is off tonight. We have Ron, our usual co-host from Minnesota, and Katie. She joined us twice in the past. Today will be her third time. She's a Vikings fan for life. We're going to talk about Vikings stuff. You know the drill. It's kind of probably heading towards the countdown of the Zimmer regime. We're going to describe our emotions there, talk about some coaching, what we're looking for in a new coach. Any chance in hell the Vikings have at toppling the Packers on Sunday? And we'll run through some of the, the playoff scenarios. That's what's on the agenda. First, we're going to talk about betonline.ag, which is our sponsor, who is back and better than ever. They have a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season in these NBA playoffs, which includes prop bets, odds, lines, and more of those than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use this promo code BLEAV50, believe 50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all those amazing offers still available for this season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. The Minnesota Vikings are seven and eight, tiering on mathematical elimination from the postseason. They have an eleven percent chance to make it. That increases by quite a bit if they beat the Green Bay Packers, but that is a humongous if because the Vikings have beat them two straight times. Green Bay will remember that and want vengeance, and they are playing for home field advantage in what will be a very very cold game Sunday night. We have a plethora of Vikings topics, and Katie is back for the third time um, with us tonight. And I'm going to start off the show with her, and it feels like we, probably looking back now, about six weeks have been on a slow final countdown with Mike Zimmer and his regime. For better or for worse, it's eight seasons through. It looks like he will have missed out on the playoff playoffs five times in eight seasons, which is probably not acceptable for a team that usually has a boatload of talent. Uh, I don't know how pro or anti-Zimmer you have been before this podcast, and either way is just fine, but describe your emotions as we head down this trail of probably Zimmer's exodus. So I have been very pro-Zimmer probably up until this year. Um, I think just as soon as the season started and really getting kind of that proof that he was pretty disengaged from the offense is when I started emotionally moving on from Zimmer. But I'm sad that we are coming to the end of it because I really hoped that he would be able to get a championship out of that for his sake because of all the work he's put in. He's sacrificed a lot for this team and he has been through so much in his tenure as our coach. And I really, for a lot of years, thought he 
could be the coach that got us there. I'm just, I'm not there now. So I'm, I'm sad to see him go and I'm sad that he didn't, well, the season's not over, but I don't think we're winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, I'm sad he, he's not going to get it, but I am glad we're at the point where I think we're moving on because I think that's what we need in order to be successful in the long run as a team. I think that sentiment sums up most of the pro Zimmer people. So I appreciate you for giving that, that take uh, Bryant, the Vikings coach, unless they are absolutely loyal is probably in his final two games as the coach. Um, does this surprise you at all? Do you think we get a new guy coming? What's your take? Well, I feel like the last probably two to three seasons, um, it just hasn't been going the direction they wanted it to. So I think at this point, they wanted to probably make a change. And I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with that. Um, just, you know, trying to go a different direction and, you know, maybe can spark some things with the team. So, I mean, we'll see. Hey, man, Ron, I know that you enjoy Zimmer. And I, I think that you're probably with Katie. Um, do you want to expound on her thoughts? You know, like I'm 100% with what Katie said. That's exactly my sen- sentiments. I've been a Zimmer fan. Um, the frustration that me that has hit me this year is more so like just he continues to not let like go of the reins one way or another. Um, Sunday is a perfect example where the one time where our offense, um, you know, went kind of no huddle, hurry up and played with some pace, like they went right down the field against the Rams and put a touchdown on the board. Whereas whether it's him, whether it's Kubiak or whether it's combination of both, it's why are we consistently running it second and long and then making it third and six and then having to block Aaron Donald because that's not a running down anymore. Um, it That's the frustration with me where, you know, you can't go through a season that we've had where so many one score games and that not to reflect poorly on the coaching staff one way or another, whether it's not taking shots to finish teams off or whether it's letting teams back in because you can't stop them <clears throat> um, on you know, either two minute drill in the first half or letting Sam Darnold go 90 plus yards on you to tie it up and send it to overtime. Those are all things that I think fall back on the coaching staff. And again, whether it's all of Zimmer, whether it's some on the offensive coordinator, I just wish there was a little bit more freedom that was granted um, to hide some of those defensive efficiency or inefficiencies that have happened um, late in halves and games. And I think that ultimately it will fall on Zimmer because like you said, it's far too talented of a team to be in that situation. Um, You know, you hate hearing, well, it's good to hear like, Oh, the Vikings are going to be the most desirable spot for a coach. Um, That's great and all, but it's also, well, then what was lacking to not be in that spot where, you know, we can be in the playoffs and be that team that people don't want to face in the playoffs. Um, So I do think, unfortunately his time is up, um, but I won't lose any sleep over it because um, I do think he's had eight years. And to your point, I'm missing the playoffs. And what was it five? You said five. Um, that, uh, you know, the, I've heard a lot of the Marvin Lewis comps and, you know, he comes from the Marvin Lewis um, tree, but um, you know, Zimmer has been a very fine coach for us, but there's just some things that I think um, if he did one way or another, it would have been a lot different um, in his tenure here. So um, I wish him luck. Um, I personally, I, I don't think he wants to be a head coach again um, after this. I think there's a lot of stress involved and you can, you can see it in his face um, and hear it in the press conference. He, uh, press conferences. He seems like a defeated 
individual um, where there's a lot more important things in life. And that's not a fault to him. He's just, he's an older guy. He's got grandkids, um, life in perspective. Um, maybe it is, you know, he, when he's been in this business for that long, I can't imagine the stress it, it plays. Um, so kudos for him for hanging out this long. And, um, you know, he'll always be a very good coach in Vikings history. And one of the many that hasn't been able to bring us a Super Bowl. <laughs> He, uh, he doesn't have the clout. He, he didn't have the clout to do this again, to go seven and nine or eight and eight and nine or even nine and eight and get his ass kicked in the playoffs. Um, several good coaches go through stretches like the Sean Payton from 2014 through 2016 went seven and nine, three straight times at Drew Brees. Nobody cared, but he also yeah. won a Super Bowl seven years before that. Mike Tomlin's team hasn't won a playoff game since 2015. Nobody cares, but he won a Super Bowl when he was a young buck. And so now he's got this forever card, like on top of the Steelers forever card that they already issue. And Zimmer doesn't have that. He didn't take the Vikings to the promised land. So everything he does is magnified. And he does have too many talented players that he should be able to squeeze this team into the postseason and see what happens. But his calling card is defense. And when that starts to flounder, there's really no good reason to employ a defensive mastermind when the defense ranks in the bottom half of the league. So I don't know that the game has passed him by. I do think there's a lot of goofy stuff this year, um, but I do believe that they'll make the change because the roster is too good to finish mediocre. And that's all we've talked about for two years is how the Vikings are obsessed with mediocrity. Now, the only thing that I do fear is that this head coaching search goes pear-shaped. And then for the next two years, we're waffling in five and 12 territory. People don't have the patience for it. And we're like, God, remember how good it was with Zimmer when we were actually in the mix every single year to like get there. Um, I have a fear that people won't have patience for a rebuild. So I'm going to preach on this show. You want to rebuild, you want a new coach, you're going to get it and you better have patience for it because very rarely do you turn around a head coach and a quarterback and bada bing, you're back in the postseason, baby. If you're going to do all of that, that, that systemic structural rebuild, then you have to sit on your couch and expect losing seasons for at least a year or two. Um, so I, I do endorse a change of scenery. I hope the general manager stays aboard. If Sally was here, she'd slap me. Um, but I, I do believe his body of work is lofty enough to give him one more head coaching selection. And Spielman's not terribly old. Um, but the thing is with Spielman, we as Vikings fans, we look at every single thing he does and go, yeah, but look at this guy that he missed on. And we pretend like that other general managers don't have swings and misses in the drafts. The, the NFL draft is an absolute crapshoot. About half of the first rounders turn out to be decent, and then maybe a third of them are pro bowlers. But the NFL draft is this huge process where you're not going to get very many good guys, but on draft night, you think you are every single time. So when you go through a list of a guy's choices and you cherry pick, well, like Bradbury's going to be a buzz. I'm glad he's going to prison. Like this is what happens when you pick that many dudes over the course of 10 years. So I do think we'll have a new head coach. And that's a segue. I set these topics up purposefully. The last time, Katie, that we talked, I believe that you said that you wanted to be the head coach or perhaps just the game <laughs> management expert. So I wanted to know if you moved off that now that the rubber's hitting the road, if you do want to be the first female head coach in NFL history, or if you don't think that's quite realistic yet, tell me what you're looking for in the new head coach. We're going to see all 10 of the names verbatim, ad nauseum, excuse me, in the next two weeks. Tell me what you want in the next guy or gal as head coach. So, you know, to be clear, if I get offered the job, I will absolutely accept. Um, but on the off chance that doesn't happen, I would like to see an offensive-minded coach this next go-around just because I think 
we have some really exciting pieces on the offense. And if we had more focus around that, I'd like to see where that can take us. I'd like somebody who is aggressive. I know right now that's kind of, and maybe it's wrongfully associated with some of the younger guys, but I want, you know, we've talked about it before about kind of playing down to our competition and playing it really safe and conservatively. And I, I want our offense to be on fire from all four quarters and to step on their necks and to just keep scoring as often as we can score. And I'd like to see our team go in that direction. So whoever is our best bet for bringing us that kind of team for the next, however many years it takes. I I'll, I'll take the next brief response. So I don't have another tangent there. I really don't care what side of the ball the man or woman comes from. There's, there's no science that says, get an offensive mind coach. You're going to win the thing, baby. In fact, um, the guys who keep winning Super Bowls are over 50. So you might as well target that if you believe in trends. Um, and if it's, if it's a complete defensive mind, like the Colts dude, is it Eberfluss or however you pronounce his name? I'd be fine with that. So I'm, I, I will get on, <clears throat> on board with the offensive mind coach. If it's left witch or somebody and I'll, I'll embrace the guy or gal, no matter who it is, you better believe it. But I don't have this prerequisite that says he's got to be under 40 and he's got to look cute. And he's got like, it actually has to look attractive. Like these new dudes do. And then, you know, call offensive plays himself. As long as he is a, you know, a leader of men, that's kind of the quality I'm looking for. And I, Basically, it's kind of a wishy-washy answer. I'll, I'll like it no matter who it is. Um, I certainly understand the the yearning for an offensive guy. It's kind of like a pendulum, like you see in politics. Like we vote in the country, we'll go far to the right, and the midterms come, we'll go far to the left, and it'll be vice versa this time. We kind of go back and forth. And I think if indeed the, the Vikings do this, then they will be going with the anti-Zimmer and somebody that preaches offense. And then hopefully the defensive talent that's still there has a good coordinator that, that writes the ship. Ron, what are you looking for in the next guy? So, I mean, I think ultimately I do lean offensive guys, but it's not just because of uh, philosophical reasons. It's more so the names that are out there. Like for me, I think the top of my list right now is Byron Leftwich or uh, Kellen Moore, guys who've been quarterbacks in this league and at least have had success um, you know, to an extent and understand the game from that side. I mean, in the Kellen Moore one, for example, last week they were killing the, the Washington football team and they just kept going at it. Um, so is that not Jay Davenport? <laughs> oh, there's our Packers guest. Um, but uh, so anyway, we have before. Yo. Oh, there's our there's our Packer guest, but we'll 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 let the, oh, the hurricane the, wow. hur, the hur, we'll let the hurricane ties uh ties wow. around. So. But anyway, I'll, I'll finish my quick thought on the coach. Um, oh, so buddy. as far as just just I want someone involved in the offense that um, has control over it. That there's not someone if it is a defensive guy that he so micromanages every little step of the way how the team is run. Um, you know, and I go to um, Brian's coach in, in uh, Baltimore in uh, um, Harbaugh. Like he is the special teams guy, but he's like a CEO of the team. So he has his hands everywhere on the team, but he doesn't seem very set in his ways where he doesn't let the offense do their thing, or he doesn't, you know, tell the defense one way or another. So um, that's all I'm looking for in a coach. If uh, they do decide to move on and we'll see if, uh, if that's uh, what happens. Najee, my man, this is a surprise. Bryant did not tell us about this. We are unprepared. So you're going to have to shoot the shit with us, my man. No problem. How are you? So, so I, I will clarify Packer and Steeler guy, Najee, correct? 
Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. All right. So the first thing that comes to mind, I was telling the group about uh, 10 minutes ago is how cold it's going to be. This isn't just a standard winter game. It's supposed to be in the single digits, like, you know, getting towards like the top 20 coldest games of all time. Um, Can you tell us how that affects a player's preparation? Uh, From an offensive guy, Mm -hmm. a ball carrier, a skilled guy, right? It sucks. I can remember uh, a couple games that I played, like my rookie year, my first two years, and uh, we had uh, Chili, Gilbert Brown, uh, Cleus Hunt, and uh, Niall Diggs, right? All these guys. And it was like, you know, no sleeves, no sleeves. We're going out there. It's, it's like negative 10, no sleeves. And uh, I didn't know, being a rookie, that they were putting Vaseline on their hands and arms and stuff, right? So I'm out there. I'm just like, Ah, I'm shooting this shit. I'm like, I mean, I'm I'm barely holding on. And I'm looking at those guys. They ain't even affected. So I'm coming out of the pregame. Like, bro, I can't even do it. I can't do it. Then I see, uh, who was it? It was, uh, what was our linebacker name? Nate Wayne. Nate was, like, doing another coat of Vaseline. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it gets cold for, like, for a skilled player. I remember my first time, like, the hairs on my arm kind of like can't needles like you like prickly almost uh i'm from miami you know what i mean i don't really get you know coming up there we i think we played boston college mac that was cold yeah that was it <laughs> that was it you know what i mean that was only a real cold game we ever played i think and then but now, like, so you're saying like from a skill from a skill position player um you know, in my mind, I always thought it was different, especially with you being a power back that you were. And I know you were great out of backfield as well. I feel like it would be harder to tackle that than it would be because you're the one, you know, giving those hits. Um, but you're the saying cold that, is cold. <laughs> okay. Cold. And it's a different cold up in, yeah. in Green Bay it's, and Minnesota. It's, it's a different cover, coming off that water is a different cold. Uh, you get to the sideline. The, the key of it, the key is to come out pregame and warm up till you start sweating. I mean, you got to warm up, like, just, like, till you just, like, drenched in sweat. You can come back in and kind of, like, change your jersey if you want to, but then your body temperature is a little bit better. Yeah. But you come out there and you, like, walk with your hands in your gloves and your, and your little hot pack, you got your, your like, hand warmers on and your toe warmers. You ain't going to last long. As soon as the thing right. die down, boy, it's over with. <laughs> and, you know, like, even saying that, like, growing up as a Minnesota kid, like, that's where – Go playing outside in the snow. That's what it was all about. But yeah, if you're playing backyard football, you you when you get that lather going, uh, yeah. like then you it's know once you, yeah. yeah, then you you know you're good to go at least for the rest of it. Like because once you get to a certain point of cold, it's not like you're just sitting there dusting like you know in that playoff game at TCF right. where when you're sitting there not moving, that's when it's the worst. And once you lose yeah, the commercial breaks, you're done when it's for bad it. because you just stand, like you're on the field doing a commercial break is kind of bad then because. You're just standing there. You wait for like this one minute commercial, or however long it is right. to go by. So on the sideline, there's a heated seats. There's a, like yeah, little heat the stuff heat over there. So it's different. On the field, it's commercial break. You just got to stand there. <laughs> and then the wind's whipping around. I've seen guys like you know, it's not come from their nose and they're frozen their beers. Like just different <laughs> things. It's crazy. And then the best, thing, the best thing about cold games, though, and this is my first time ever like really having that. It was like. Uh, Hot apple sauce. I mean, hot apple uh, juice. Cider. Yeah, that was that was like delicious, man. And like <laughs> chicken broth, the uh, chicken soup right on the sideline. Yeah, the chicken soup <laughs> and uh, like the, the hot apple juice. Oh, 
Yeah, it's okay. five. <laughs> right. And now, when when you you were playing in Green Bay, I know that over the years that technology has come up where they have different stuff under the field or whatever coils and type like that. Yeah, they have that. Um, you know, in the yeah. mid two thousand when you were playing, like okay. uh, I think they got it like my third year. Okay, my third year they got it because uh, it is snow and then right. then the, it'll be melted or whatnot, and the, the grass isn't as hard when you hit it. And yeah. I, I guess they put the heat in. I mean, like, so yeah, that was like my third, fourth year. That was, I think that was the best. The first two years, it was just like the wild, wild west out there, boy. It was, <laughs> it was getting it was how you wild, wild west for me too, because that um, carpet in the uh, Metrodome. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. Oh, uh, that was the worst. That carpet in, like, I think yeah. my rookie year, we was playing, we was playing y'all, Mac, and I came down, and I don't know if I made a, it was a, uh, it was Corey. I think it was Corey. It was on kickoff return. And I came down and I ran through him and I made a tackle. Uh, I don't know who it was. I don't know who the returner was. I made a tackle. And I got up and I think I hit my my face on the uh, on the, the on the turf. And I got up and kind of uh tried to straighten my helmet out a little bit. And I had like double vision. I think I, mm-hmm. I, fra- I, fr- I fractured my oral socket. Ooh. with that turf man that was rough <laughs> that's like cement with just carpet on top of it right, right if i recall basically <laughs> they do uh, a lot better nowadays <clears throat> Najee, in the in the packer games and then probably some of the Steeler games when you know it's gonna be bitterly cold like you know under 10 10 or 20 or whatnot is is the game plan very outspoken that we're going to run the damn thing or you know is far still thinking he's gonna chuck chuck the ball? Oh, oh B, he's gonna throw it. Like <laughs> we like when you got quarterbacks like that, they're gonna throw it. I think the uh the biggest thing he used uh we used to talk about as far as running the ball is like what everybody uh you know everybody kind of like conception of like a big back or running backs, so he want to pound the ball in the cold. Uh, the defensive guys ain't gonna really like it that much because they're cold already. Oh, that's like milk, man. It's it's cold. Period. Once your body get lathered up, you know it's uh, it's, it's just like anything else. Now when it's snowing, it's a different ball game. Yeah. When it's snowing, it's a different ball game. And sometimes you can leave leave the house or leave the stadium, and you look up and the cloud, the, the sky be clear, and you know it's gonna be cold. <laughs> but it would look like a little mucky. Mucky is going to be a warm day. But as far as running and throwing it, I mean, well, B was just going to break. We're going to throw it regardless. Uh, I know a couple guys got their fingers broken. I got mine dislocated a couple times. And it's just like, I don't know if it's just be the cold or he be six yards away from us putting it, putting a nice little heat on it. You know what I mean? But it's uh, you just got to be prepared to catch it. Now you uh, and being playing for the Packers with Favre, Big Ben in Pittsburgh, and then the short stint with Peyton Manning in Indy, you've only known Hall of Fame quarterback play. So what's that like? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think out of all of them, I think uh, Brett might have been the most. You know, you watch some little football movies, and uh, yep. they got the, the the old school quarterback or the like the quarterback that's kind of like nostalgic. I think all those movies were based off of Brett. Because when I watch them now, they're like, hey, man, that's some shit Brett to do. That's some shit Brett to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I think, like, I got a couple stories I always tell about B. And it was just like, he was real down to earth. And uh, like he was real just, 
he was a country dude, but he liked hip hop. I think he was like old school hip hop almost. Uh, we was playing. On, I think we was playing Detroit. We played. Uh, I think it was like the 2002 season. We had played Detroit, and uh, I had a good game my rookie year. The running back in front of me, Rondell Meadley, had just got cut, and uh, because he had a he had a bad game, and then uh, at that point, you know, rookie, I ain't know we can get cut again. I thought after you made the 53, it was all over with. But you know, I I learned then that you can get cut like when they want to cut you. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we in the huddle. It's a timeout break, and uh, AG was still kind of banged up a little. Bit. Amon Green was still kind of banged up a little bit. So I was in there, and I guess he saw it in my eyes, and he was just like, "Come!" He called me Big Boy. He said, "Come down, Big Boy," and then he started singing uh, "50 Cent in the Club," and like so the whole time we were just the whole timeout break we were just singing in the club by 50 Cent. It was uh, it was Donald Driver. Robert Ferguson, I think Ferg came over to Minnesota for a minute. Mm-hmm. And uh and me and, and Bubba Franks, and we were just all singing like in the club. And you know, Lyman just looking at us crazy. We had Marco Rivera, you know what I mean, Tawashi and Chad Cliff, and they were just ain't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> but uh, that was one of the coolest moments I had with B by far. Uh Peyton, Peyton was strict to business. Ben was kind of young, so he was just like uh he hadn't came out of his shell yet. But I think Brett was kind of like by far like the, the best quarterback I played with, other than, than Ken Dorsey. <laughs> B-Mac was uh, was far of goofy like that with you guys too. Yeah, remember he was like, um, <laughs> "There's the pants on the ground." Or you yeah, was the pants on the ground. He goes slapping people really hard and like just throwing a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, he was definitely that way still. When he, by the time he got to us. Katie, I want to ask you, so from the Vikings fan perspective, they are six and a half point underdogs. And that was before the news hit about Adam Thielen going to miss the remainder of I think probably the season. And that could slip down to or slip back up to seven. Um, so and the Vikings have beat the Packers two consecutive times, which is a rarity of sorts. And so it, it's unlikely that the Packers are going to take it easy on the Vikings and they're playing for home field turf. And the Vikings have to win to keep this thing alive. And on top of it all, it'll be frigid. Um, do you see any scenario where, Katie, where the Vikings can pull this thing out? Well, in these divisional games, you can never really count out who's the underdog in it. And, you know, it all depends on how Aaron's precious toe is doing this week. Either way, I'm sure we're going to hear about it for a good solid two and a half hours. <laughs> um, I, I don't think we'll win. But I won't be shocked if we do. I'll be thrilled. Just you never know, especially especially these two teams when they match up. So you can never count us out. And the cold is going to be a disadvantage for everyone. And Aaron's little toe. So we'll see how <laughs> how that works. Yeah, they they that one is just it's yeah it's it's advertised all over. And you, th- you would think he's playing with an amputated leg. Yeah, it's the it's, way we have to hear about it, but. Yeah, is anybody impartial? <laughs> so, is anybody like, like, the, who's the medium guy? Who's the because everybody like a pack of basher? Almost. <laughs> oh, oh, <okay. laughs> 
I don't know that there is a medium guy. That'd probably be BMAC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really. Well, I don't know if they so. I got the, the I'm with stupid shirt. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. I saw that, right? I saw that. I was trying to read the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, for me, it's a good old, uh, um, you know, being a Minnesota home, or, you know, born and bred. Um, the, the fact that we're rivalries with Wisconsin pretty much across the board, whether it's the college ranks or obviously yeah. Vikings Packers. So um, there's that quote unquote hatred, but there's always that respect because, you know, again, being a Vikings fan who very much dislikes the Packers, I can respect how they go about doing things. Obviously the 40 years almost of yeah. excellent quarterback play. Um, like there's just a lot of, like the, the mutual respect, but uh, the disdain right. because right. they're the rivals. It's like, you know, like yeah. I'm sure when you were in Pittsburgh, you got that with the, like all the, the rivals, the, like whether uh, it's Cleveland, uh, Ravens. So, yeah. Wait. Um, and like more importantly, Miami versus Florida State. Like that's probably there you one go. where, that's like, you know, that, that probably hits you. Uh, like you, you might have. Re- <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. How you been? I ain't seen you forever. No, I said last time you saw me was I was playing basketball. Remember? Yeah. It's if a you were filming it, remember? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. How you oh mom? my gosh. Everybody you look good? good. I appreciate it. You know what I mean? <laughs> How's your mom? She's doing good. You know, I brought this is she a a Oh, it's my broadcast. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's a, it's a no, good yeah, type for the show, listeners. Yeah. Uh, Brian McKinney's mom hopped on to say hi to Najee. <laughs> so we're experiencing the moment. Keep it up, please. Sally's going to be disappointed she didn't yeah, make she it. Will. She, yep. She's got COVID, so she's uh, oh. got a little bit of a cough. So um, yeah. she'll uh, she'll miss miss you, Shelly. Hey, oh, I got yeah. one for y'all. I got one for y'all. Uh, Dalvin Cook went to my high school, right? Okay. And uh, he went to Central, and he came out like like they took my they retired my number out of high school, and then they they asked me uh, to unretire it for for Cook for Dalvin, <laughs> and then everybody was like, uh, he asked me was he's akin to me, and at, at that time I saw him a couple times, but when I look at him now, and when other people, I mean, y'all look alike, y'all some kin. So we when you look at some of my old pictures and then look at uh Cook now and we kind of favor a lot. So they ask me, they always ask me that all the time. Is he some kin to you? You want to get on the camera? Like, yeah, bring him on. Yeah. Katie, go nice. get your husband. <laughs> oh, what up? <laughs> How you doing? Good. Yeah. Good. You're a you're you a Packer fan too. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> He was looking. He was looking for Brian. He, Mac. He was looking for you, Mac. So, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right there. Oh, he's gone now. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I get that a lot. You know, yeah. the guy looked like me a little bit. So now I know you were forty-four. You know, with uh, the Packers, and I can't recall the Steelers. But um, would you be in today's rules? Would you be rocking number four? I know Dalvin's making uh, the switch next year. He said. So. Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. Right. Of, of course, I, <laughs> I rock it. Like, I was, I mean, like, yeah, I pay the money and I, I make it happen. I think, <laughs> I think that's like the best thing ever for those low numbers to come back. I think you play, you play like a lot different when you got that single digit on. Now, I, I'm, I gotta have you explain that because I've wondered that. Tell me, is it just mental, like superstition? It's, it's very mental, but it's superstition. It's mental and it's superstition. Okay. It's like, you hear Dion say it a lot. You feel good. You play good. 
and all that stuff. But when you, it's something about how you played in high school when it wasn't a business, how you played in college when it wasn't really a business. You just, you got sporty, you dressed up, you had your wristbands and your gloves and you felt good about yourself. And then we made it to the league. It became more like a business and you had, you mm-hmm. went from fold to 44 or the 24, you couldn't really rock the numbers and the jerseys that you like to rock. And I mean, you still did your thing because it's a business now, but you won't really, you ain't play the same. Like you imagine like a Donald, uh, who was a good, good D-lineman you guys had. He he played, he was like a, a real vet when I was a freshman, I mean a rookie. And he used to uh, paint his face a little bit. John Randall? Chris Hovain, Chris Hovain. Oh. No, not Chris, not no, Chris. No, John Randall. John Randall. Yeah. Now, he was old. Yeah. He was a when I was a rookie, he was like the, the person they talked about. No, he wasn't. Ah. Yeah, what? his John last Randall? year was what 99, 2000? Yeah. It was before exactly. BMAC came, but yeah. it was, came in 2002. Was, I will okay, look it so up. Before I we, I went, I guess when I was in college, he was <laughs> okay. he was the guy that they talked about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so imagine him like with a number nine on or number eight. As a defensive lineman, I mean, you sell jerseys like that too. So I think it's awesome. Najee, I got it. I got it figured oh, go out. Ahead. Uh, R- John Randall had went to the Seahawks when you entered the league. Okay, so he was still. He was still, yeah. He played. He finished out his career at the Seahawks. So you guys would have well, you know, cross paths in terms of matchups. So your recollection of him is very valid, sir. Oh wow, yes. appreciate okay. it. Thank Thank you. You. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I was going to say so, um, like, and I'm. I'm not bringing it. I only know this because like it, with the Jersey number change this year, like LSU, for example, it seems like every, the best player at LSU wears number seven, like whether Patrick Peterson, that's why he's number seven, Leonard Fournette, whoever's yeah. there, whoever's the, the big guy there um, is number seven. Did Miami have a number like that? I know you guys had, you know, damn near 50 pros on your team. Right. So <laughs> a lot of guys with single digits, you have four, five, or six. Five. Yeah. Four, five, uh, six. I, I just wasn't sure if it was – I know, like, for soccer, Two. for example, like, 10 is the is a certain – whatever I don't know yeah. if it's the best player, striker, I, I whatever. because but. we had too many. We had too many that stood <laughs> out. And that might be – it might be real hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, when I came in, I got four. The person before me had was Earl Little. And then the person after me was Devin Hester. Exactly. I think uh, in, in high school, they definitely stayed – like, uh, they saved the best numbers, like, number four and number two. For like the top two players, uh, Willis Willis went to school with me. Willis McGee. Oh, uh, yeah, he went to school. He was like two years after me. Uh, he was number two. I was four. Uh, you know, so you're talking high school now. You, you and Willis went to the same high school. Yeah. Wow. Did you guys ever throw oh, the ball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, we did. But Pete, this a real quick history. My running backs at the last after I left high school, it was me. Wilson Gahey, uh, Devontae Freeman, Dalvin Cook, James Cook. We had a dude named Travis Cadet. He played for the Saints for a while. Cadet, yeah, I remember him. He was a quick guy, wasn't he? I think, if I recall. Oh. I think Najee froze. Did he freeze? Yep. Hey, uh, uh, Shelly. I thought he was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. <laughs> Hey Shelly, tell us what's been going on with you. How 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 things going? Oh, it's good. I can't complain. But yeah. wait, so I got an throwback. Y'all, yeah, I'm going it. there, mm-hmm. and Najee was included. Okay, Najee was sick 
And we were in, where was we at? In New Orleans, I think, or was it? It was one of those um, bowl games. <laughs> I gave him a card. Brian, you remember this? And I put $10 in it and y'all laughed at me because I put $10 in his card. They's like, why would you, why would you put $10? Because that was just like, back to, I'm old school. And that was our way of just give him a card with $10 in it. But them kids was like, they laughed. They thought it was funny because I put $10 in a card, a get well card. You don't remember that? You remember that, Mac? Probably. Could that be be considered a violation back in those days? Like, you know, I know, you know, buying a meal for an athlete, you could get in trouble for that. No, this is a mom. This is a mom. Me giving him a card. (laughs) Get well card. (laughs) I know, but the NCAA seems weird like a bunch like that type of stuff. So I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, if that was the case, we, I was up there frying chicken uh, um, and uh, we leave a ham time and fried chicken out there in the uh, parking lot. Uh, and we have to go plates leaving from um, our games. Dodge <laughs> remember that, them fried chicken platters. Remember, Dodge? Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was just telling us about she was telling us how when you were uh, a younger man she gave you a get well card that had ten dollars. Right. Remember she was sick. It was a um it was a it was a playoff. We were somewhere and I gave you a card with ten dollars and all y'all laughed at it because I had put ten dollars in the card. <laughs> well I think uh was it when I had my knee surgery? It was something. And then remember not I sent you gifts when you when you as a rookie. I would send them yeah. all little uh care packages. Oh, uh, you were the I best. Was, what y'all you put towels about? Oh, mama, she was the best, man. All kinds of stuff in the care <laughs> packages for them. <laughs> Ain't nothing like being a Miami guy. Okay. I sent them cakes, all kinds of stuff. Hey Najee, do you follow the NFL today like pretty intently or just from afar? Only in the metaverse. Oh really? <laughs> no, nah, I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, a little bit. I had uh I was doing DraftKings for a while, then they had this uh the hard rock had like a little betting app, so I was trying to try my hand at that. But as far as uh uh like DraftKings or FanDuel, like I got I got people I just ride with consistently when they play, and then everybody else be like uh just shot in the dark. But go ahead, give me a shot. No, I'm just I'm just curious. If I start I like asking the Packers by seven. <laughs> yeah, if I start asking <laughs> questions about you it'll know, be a one score game. The the who's who of the playoffs yeah. or, or Rogers stuff. If I ask you your yeah. per, on where you think Rogers like he said today that he's kind of contemplating retirement and we're not sure. And after last year's saga, uh, I was wondering if you think that he'll play for the Packers next year or if you gotta see what happens this year. I think Aaron, Aaron, he's that he's going back to those that quarterback movie, those old nostalgic <laughs> quarterback movie. A Rod more like the type of dude that's kind of like uh, uh, my way to highway. I'm gonna show you better. Than I can tell you type. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he came back and played because somebody asked him to. You know, somebody personally came and probably gave him a call and asked him to, you know, to come back. This day. I think, you know, he – I know he had an issue with Ted for a while. I think everybody had an issue with Ted. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he take off and, you know, retire and then come back out of retirement and go somewhere else or something like that. But okay, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. But you know Aaron, you know A-Rod or whatever you want to call him. 
he always gonna be a Packer no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, the you know, he might come over there. <laughs> the reason it's tricky to figure out is because so yeah, he had that saga last starting on draft day that lasted about three months about whether or not he was coming or going or and ultimately I don't know if it was Devonte Adams who made the call that you spoke of, but if he came back. And right now, if you look at a Packers season every year at this time, things are going great. And if you even speak the notion of him going elsewhere, it's like, well, they're in the midst of a playoff chase. He ain't going anywhere. And then right. four straight times in the NFC Championship, they lost. And then this time, you know, it was, well, maybe he'll go play for the Broncos or maybe he'll go elsewhere. So, and the reason that I, I it's, there's something about him. He's playing wonderful. He's going to win another MVP, but it seems like he's a lot more sentimental this year. Like, you know, the, the clips that you see about him being overly thankful and grateful and stopping to stare at the crowd and tells all of his, his teammates, yeah. like you know, this, this could be this, you know, don't he's capture these moments or whatever he says. So, so it seems like it's not like a farewell tour, but it seems like he, it's either hit him that he has it really good there in green Bay, or, you know, this is the last hurrah. I think it, it 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 may be more like the last hurrah. Like everything is sentimental to him, and it's like you know you taking in the moments because you never want to leave on a like a bad taste. So he, it could be one of those. Let me let me go extra hard with the community service. Uh, let me make you know make sure when I do leave that I'm leaving on a good note with everybody, just in case I need to come back. And uh, I don't know if he's a free agent now or next year. And uh, then that might be it. You know what I mean? No, he's not. I have a fun fact. I have a fun fact about um, Aaron Rodgers. So we were there when he got drafted, the, um, the moms. Yeah. And we would not leave until he got drafted because we felt so bad. Because it's like number five, number six. We was like, we can't leave. Like, we need to give him encouragement. We stayed until he got drafted um, in New York. Yeah. That's a fun fact. Yeah, I remember that day vividly. Hey, Katie, on the other side of things in the AFC, uh, it seems like over the last two months, suddenly the Chiefs figured it out and they had a very weird spiral for about a month where they just looked like garbage and the defense hadn't shown up yet. Mahomes making all kinds of turnovers that nobody's ever seen happen. And they were three and four, not even going to make the playoff, blah, blah, blah. And then they've won eight straight and they're back in the driver's seat. Do you think that, Katie, that they're the team to beat in the AFC once again? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you can't ever count them out. And it, they had their moment. And they, it, it, even when they were spiraling, I wasn't, I'm not surprised that they turned it around. I think I expected them to. I think everybody in the AFC expected them to. They're definitely the team to beat out. Ron, sorry, I cut you off there a couple minutes ago. You want to? Oh, no, I was going to um, kind of keep it on like the, the Packers uh, discussion as far as. So obviously as a player um, in Green Bay, you guys are, you know, idolized because there's admittedly, mm. you know, not making fun, but there's not a whole lot to do in Appleton or Green Bay. Yeah. Um, people <laughs> now, is it um, obviously, again, like you guys are under that microscope because all eyes are on you on Sundays, Mondays, whatever day you play. Now, as far as being a pro athlete living in Green Bay, is that like, honestly, is that difficult, especially coming from Miami and then going to Green Bay, Wisconsin yep. and having yep. to live, have all this money, it's, all this fame, and you're in it's, Green Bay? Is I won't say it's the worst. It's it's bad when you you losing, 
Mm-hmm. Like you, your season isn't going as well. It can get real. It can get real rough then. But when you winning, it's all good. It's just it's just when people show up to your house, or when you uh, you driving down the street and they like they know. You. I mean, granted, like when you a rookie, like I had a I had Escalade and I had big rims on it and stuff, <laughs> and I can go to I can go to practice and you know I'm driving down Ashland or, or Lombardi Road or whatever. And you know you can see people standing, stopping, asking for pictures, autographs, stuff like that. Uh, same note when you out and you had a rough game or a rough loss or whatever. And then that the first time is you know the first couple of times might be sympathetic. Oh, you'll get them next week, or you'll get them this time, or a tough loss. And he put like two or three of them in a row, and he like, man, you effing suck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I mean, it gets, it gets rough. It's a you like a big fish in the fishbowl, you know what I mean? So right. for fun, we used to go to Milwaukee or Chicago. Uh, and then that's why there's, we we didn't have as good as you guys over there in Minneapolis, you know what I mean? With a lot of stuff to do and all that. And yeah, I didn't want to, like like I said, I'm not crapping on on him as a Vikings fan. I, just, I curiously wanted to know, like, what it was. Oh, it's, no, it's, so, um, listen, me, me and my teammates... <laughs> We played uh, from 02 to like 06 in that range. We leave practice, and it's when uh, Halo, I don't know if you guys remember yeah. Halo. Yeah. So we would play Halo. Like, we got to practice like 5, 30, 6 o'clock. We'd get on Halo like 7, 8, and we run Halo like 2 in the morning and then get back up and go to practice. And then, I mean, <laughs> we're from like, it's like a college almost. You know, you play, you know, Halo, and this this is the time where you play like multiplayer. Uh, and you had to be, you can be home. Like when Halo first yeah. came out, like when we won the national championship, they brought Halo to the, uh, like in the game truck. Matt, you remember that? Like in the game truck on the Xbox. And everybody was playing. playing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was playing, but they were like right next to each other. And then, but I yeah, guess. Like, they had to link them all, physically link yeah, them all up. Yeah. Exactly. So now they got the internet. We just played online. I mean, that was it. And then we'll play the game on Saturday. I mean, Sunday. Uh, after the game, you know, a couple guys there ride in Milwaukee, hang out, come back mm-hmm. Monday. If we won, you know, we'll stay into Tuesday, come back Tuesday. If we lost, we're gonna be in that Monday morning. Uh, I mean, that's that's what it was. I mean, that was what I knew. You know what I mean? And then when I left and went to Pittsburgh, it's a whole different city. And uh, and there's a fun fact, I didn't know they had black people in Pittsburgh. And that's how <laughs> I've got the same way about Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was not in Green Bay, but I definitely was surprised because my only recollection of Pittsburgh was from Weeds. And uh, okay. when they, they moved to Pittsburgh, and that's all I saw. So, I mean, it was just, it was a little bit of a culture shock for both for both cities. But, I mean, they were great cities, great football towns, and I had a lot of fun. I'm just trying to clean it up right now. I had a no, I had. <laughs> <laughs> great football town. It was a perfect way to was to say it, yeah. but I can't imagine living living there. So I, I <laughs> uh, so, you got to imagine like who's your favorite like Minnesota like of all time? Yeah, Randy Moss. That's who I Randy grew up Moss. loving. And so, yeah. if you were if you were Randy Moss a fan in his prime, and you played for Green Bay, you was a Green Bay. A part of me would have died. Like I know, like there were always <laughs> there was always rumors like that. Favre wanted him to come play there, and that it, when the Vikings they traded in there, I honestly can say a part of me would have died. Like it would have, <laughs> no, it, no. it would have hurt my soul. I'm not lying. But no, either. no, just say okay, okay, leave it Minnesota, but put Minnesota in 
Green Bay. And that little that little fishbowl, you got a seven out of you got a seven out of ten chance that you're gonna see Randy Moss at Best Buy. <laughs> Shop Red Lobster <laughs> <laughs> at the mall, you know what I mean? Right, right. At Walmart, you know, you got a seven out of ten chance to see him. That's how yeah. small it is. Yeah, yeah. Brian. So fun fact, yeah, I'm, I'm from Billings, Montana, so it's not a big difference from Green Bay, Wisconsin, <laughs> population-wise. Um, Matt LaFleur was the quarterback for our arena football team, which is <laughs> which we don't even have anymore because they got in a lot of trouble with drugs. But <laughs> he was the old quarterback for them. So it's not a big jump for LaFleur from Billings to Green no, Bay. Not at all. He had a couple stops in between, but... <laughs> Brian, and that's where I think you being from the suburbs of Minneapolis. It's like I've been always been far enough away where it's not like a busy city, but I've always been you know twenty minutes away where I can get into trouble if I need to. So um, I don't know any any other life other than uh, you know being within a half hour of a big city. Man, and y'all got the mall, and that's, yeah. that's like like I think I don't know I don't know what you had, Matt. It was one week one weekend we was up there, and we went to the mall, and that shit was mall. huge. More of America. More of America. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that was nice. I mean, yeah. it's not Appleton Mall, but, you know, <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> uh, Bryant, I was going <clears> to <throat> get to our last question with Najee. Bryant, I believe the last time we played the Packers, or maybe it was last year on the Packer game show, you said that your favorite Packer memory was the 2000, January 2005 playoff game. Was that correct? I believe so. Yeah, when when they when the Vikings won in the wild card round, rather unexpectedly. That's correct. Okay, so Najee, we'll get you out of here on this question. It's kind of cliche, but I want to know your favorite memory, either in Minneapolis or playing against the Vikings. Uh, is it? Help me with my history right now. Mm-hmm. Did you got did Minnesota play Arizona, and then Arizona won? And mm-hmm. not Minnesota out of playoffs. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nathan, Nathan Poole uh, from Joshua <laughs> Cowan, I think. So. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite moment. Listen, we was done. We was on the sideline. It was mm-hmm. me, uh, Tony Fisher, and a tight end named David Martin, right? And uh, we was, I don't know who we was playing, but we was beating them. And so we just sitting on the sideline and just, I packed, getting ready for the, uh, the exit meeting on Monday and to get ready to go home. And all of a sudden, like the fourth quarter, and the whole stadium just go, wow. <sighs> so we're uh, thinking like an interception or a fumble or something. So we look and try to see what's going on. And then the, uh, the people came with an announcement. And like, um, Arizona just beat Minnesota. We're going to the playoffs. <laughs> and the whole stadium was rocking. So that's my favorite. All right, good night. <laughs> <laughs> So now you, you bring up a point, like actually something. So obviously the Vikings need to take care of business and win out, but they need help along the way. So as a player on the sideline, so there truly is scoreboard watching that takes place, even though I'm sure the coaching staff is probably saying, don't worry about it. It's whatever. So you guys, you guys are, and this is before phones and everything. So you guys are aware of everything that's going on in other games. So no, actually, no. Already. Okay. Say it again. We think y'all was gonna go to Arizona and lose, but we had checked out. You know what I mean? We was uh we was getting ready for the exit meeting on Monday, and we we're gonna head back home. And y'all did us a favor, guys. Another check. I think we blew it, 
I think I don't know who you lost to. You won uh, next week against the and Seahawks. Lost against Atlanta. Uh, no, you lost to Philadelphia in the divisional round. Well, yeah. everybody loses to them. <laughs> I was must oh, been in their run you know of that's going that, uh, four consecutive years. Yeah, that's that. That's that four for twenty six, right? By the receiver, Freddie Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. The one who, who said, "I'd like to thank God for my hands," but he dropped more <laughs> passes than he got. So that uh, yeah. to yeah. to refresh your memory, um, Najee. So the game after the one you're talking about, when the Vikings choked it away and you got in the postseason, the following game was the, for the Packers was the win against Seahawks when Al Harris took the pick six yeah. back. So, right, we want the ball. We're gonna score. Yep, yeah, overtime. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think I think that's the year I had the horse trailer. I went like 19 for uh, like 174. <laughs> Put that out there, y'all want to replay that? But <laughs> <laughs> John Madden, no, was it John Madden? Yeah, it was Madden horse trailer. Rest in peace, brother. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Najee's <laughs> saying Packers by seven. I don't know that even the Vikings fans disagree with that. Shelly, we thank you for joining us. You're welcome absolutely anytime. And BMAC, thanks for setting us up, Bye-bye, Shelly. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> thanks, yeah. BMAC and Katie. Yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks for well, joining no us in short fun. notice. All right, no problem. Anytime. All right. That's Go all pack. we got. Uh, he says go pack, we say skull. So, good night, everyone. Good night. Hey, wait, Kate, 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 Kate. Is yeah. somebody in your background? Somebody in my background? Yeah, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. You, know. <laughs> you got her. You got her. All right. Good night, guys. All right. Have a good one. summer night. Soldiers passing by. Listening to the wind of change. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.